All right, so as these guys are uh, passing, let me, let me just uh, ask our, our Zambia team to go ahead and come up, and, and a couple of you can stand over here, a couple of you can stand over here. So we had nine people go from our church on uh, a mission trip to Zambia, Africa, to partner with our missionaries, Justin and Mandy Bedwell, and they've been in Zambia uh, for a couple of years. Uh, they, they spent some time with Dan Jalowick interning in Chapada, Zambia, the eastern part of Zambia, and then uh, felt like God called them to Zambia. And so they went back to the western, kind of western southern part of Zambia in the Nyawa chiefdom, and they partnered with a missionary named Todd Smith, Todd and Kim Smith. And so they've been there for a couple of years and uh, are, are investing in Zambians through church planning, through discipleship, through pastor training. And so we had the opportunity to go and see what they were doing and see the ministry and what God's done through the ministry. And so this is our, this is our team. They're scared to stand at the front of the stage, so they got as far back as they could. If you've noticed, they think a lion maybe is at the front of the stage. I'm not sure. And so uh, instead, of, instead of each of us having you know, pictures that we walk through, we're just going to have a looping slideshow of, of some of the things that we got to do. Uh, we did a pastor's conference. We talked through the book of Acts in three days. Uh, Mission Impossible, by the way. Uh, that's very, very difficult. And yet uh, God was gracious in that. And so there will be pictures of us doing a pastor's conference. Our ladies also uh, did a women's ministry uh, conference, and some of our ladies were teaching the pastor's wives while this pastor's conference was going on, uh, and so you'll see some pictures of our ladies. By the way, the stars in Zambia are beautiful. Uh, you can actually see some amazing things in God's creation, and so uh, you'll, you'll see the pictures looping. Um, David, by the way, if you want African shirts, uh, is, is, is pretty proficient at making them. And so uh, he and Miss Neela were repping uh, pretty amazing uh, African garb while, while they were there. He's pretty handy. And so what we're going to do, I've asked our team to each plan to share about two or three minutes of personal testimony of things that God showed them uh, and things that God maybe challenged them with. Because like any mission trip, uh, man, there's always challenges. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a place where, man, there's, there's limited physical resources and so sometimes as an American in that environment, things get challenging. You don't have Wi-Fi, you don't have connectivity, you don't have convenience, you don't have air conditioning, you don't have restaurants on every corner that you can just go to to, to appease your appetite. And so conditions are difficult. And so this team experienced some of those challenges, uh, just like any team would. And yet, uh, man, they overcame. And, and let me just say, this is our first team from this church completely like, we didn't partner with any other churches on this mission trip, and I'm extremely proud of, of this team. I'm extremely proud. As a matter of fact, I'll just say the bar has been set high uh, based on this team, and I'm very thankful for that. And so, uh, yeah. And so, with that being said, uh, I'm just going to let each person just take the mic two or three minutes. So, you see the clock back there? I want you to look at it. Would you, look at, would you look at the clock? Uh, Cheyenne Hammond, I'm going to let you step up to the plate and uh, give Cheyenne a hand as she comes. Hello. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous. Um, so if I start crying, ignore it. Okay. So I have a little something written down. Uh, I wrote it on the plane, so if it seems a little weird, it's because I was sleep-deprived. Um, so when I agreed to go on this trip, uh, 
there was a slight moment where I freaked out. Because I was like, do I want to go on this trip? Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. But uh, I had to remind myself that if I was going, it wasn't for me. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I was told that, that I'd be giving my testimony a couple times, that I would be talking about how my mom and really my parents' salvation impact mine. And I was fine with that. I mean, I was a little nervous talking in front of people, but I was fine with it. Um, that was until about two months after I had agreed to go on the trip, and we had a video called Mandy and Justin. And Mandy told me, let me know that I had to um, make a lesson and be prepared to teach that lesson. And in my head, <laughs> I freaked out because I'm like, no, you don't. You do not want me to make a lesson and prepare it. I just turned 18. I still think I'm a child. I know I'm still a child. So <laughs> you really want me to do this? <laughs> um, but I also had to remind myself very quickly that I'm not doing this for me. Um, so, yeah. Um, and so I asked my parents and my dad what lessons I should do. And uh, my dad was like, you should do something on virtue. Simple and easy. Um, so he said that he or mom could help and pre me prepare this lesson. So I was a little relieved. I was like, okay, I'm not doing this by myself. My parents can help me. I'm Okay. So I decided that since I have a little time, I'll wait a little bit. So that's what I did. Wait a little bit. Um, uh, I decided that I would focus more on school than this lesson um, because, you know, while I'm still preparing for this trip, I still have to finish school. So I'm juggling between school and preparations for this trip. Um, and the coolest thing happened. Um, one of my last projects for school was a essay. And one of the theses for this essay was the qualities of a good Christian. So I was like, okay, well, let's just do this essay. And I did it, not really thinking anything about it. I didn't realize it was going to be my lesson. I just did it for school. And then I got my dad to look over it, the lesson, to make sure that it was accurate. <laughs> um, and he said that it was great and that I could use it for my trip. So the Lord worked out and he gave me some peace and relief with working on this lesson, not even realizing it was my lesson prepared. And I'm glad it was because when I went over there and did the lesson, not only was I weirdly calm while giving this lesson, and if anyone knows me, I am extremely shy and awkward and public speaking is not like something I'm good at. Um, so I gave the lesson. I was extremely calm throughout the lesson. Mandy said I did pretty well. The only thing I needed to work on was to slow down. Just a little bit. Slow down. Um, um, but the coolest thing about it was afterwards, I hadn't said anything about my age. I just gave my testimony and did the lesson. 
Um, and Mandy afterwards came up and said that, you know, told them that I was 18. And like the whole room was in awe that I was 18 and was able to give this lesson. Um, and she said that because of the parents I have, I am able to come and stand in front of them as an 18 year old. And I started crying uh, because it's true. If my parents hadn't decided back in 2014 to come to this church, I wouldn't be able to stand in front of you today and tell you that I am saved by God and that I would be able, that I would be able to go to this trip as an 18 year old. And, and teach these women, these mothers, that if they stay faithful, they can have children just like me. Um, so I'm thankful that the Lord has blessed me with parents who love me and my brother so much that they would pour themselves into me and my brother's lives and, and just lead us to the Lord. Because my dad was the one who brought me to the Lord. He... At the age of 12, in a Walmart parking lot of all places, uh, led me to the Lord. So I just think that's one of the awesome and coolest things. Um, yeah. Uh, and so on this trip, I learned so much of just realizing that I'm so blessed to have the family I have and the church that I have, um, and that I realize that I don't need all the worldly possessions, because I don't know if you know, a lot of people here seem to know that I lost my luggage over there, and don't worry, I didn't freak out, like, it was the weirdest thing, I did not freak out whatsoever, I think I would have if mom didn't make me put an extra pair of clothes in my carry-on, um, but I didn't, I just, I just kind of, it was the weirdest thing, I had peace about it. I didn't care. I just was like, well, that's fine. I can just wash my clothes and then wear the extra one and just keep going from that way. And when we got to Justin, Mandy, Mandy gave me clothes, and I was like, this is fine. It all worked out. I still haven't got my luggage, but that's fine. I have a lot of new clothes in there and shoes, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> The weirdest thing is, I wasn't worried about that, but when I came home and mom told me she had cleaned my room, I was <laughs> I freaked out, so I was like, no, why am I, out of everything that happened on this trip, I'm worried about that. But, yeah, I, um, this trip has, uh, just opened my eyes to see, um, what the world outside of America looks like. Um, and I'm thankful I went on this trip. I can't tell you how many times I had a mini panic attack thinking, why am I going on this trip? I don't need to. There's so many other people who need to go on this trip other than me. I'm not, I'm not spiritual enough to go on this trip. I don't need to go on this trip. But I'm so glad I did because I think it helped my relationship with God. And it's strengthened. Um, so, yeah, I learned a lot on this trip, and I'm thankful for the team that I have. Um, I'm thankful for my church family and my family. So, yeah.
Thank you. Uh, so I'm her dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and if you noticed, uh, you know, she, norm she doesn't do well with getting in front of people. Uh, but <laughs> um, so watching her, <sighs> watching her this trip has been a real blessing. Um, uh, <clears throat> I've learned a lot from her, <clears throat> watching her just roll with the punches, and it seemed like no matter what happened, um, she just, she went with it, and she stepped up uh, no matter what it was and, and agreed to do whatever, and, and uh, um, you know, Honestly, you know, I struggle with dying to myself, not when it comes to, you know, um, you know, not, you know, not giving into the flesh as far as like sinning and stuff like that. But, you know, that dying to your flesh thing, um, it's, it's tricky because, so I'm, I struggle with you know, appearance, you know, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't want to look stupid. Um, and this trip was, uh, you know, I had to step out of my comfort zone. I had to die to myself and just put myself out there, trusting the Lord that he would, um, he would, you know, take care of me. Um, and uh, he did. Um, and it was awesome. We had an awesome time at one of the schools where we were, definitely tested, um, uh, or I was definitely tested, um, and me and, uh, I got, I roped Derek in with me to, uh, we had to play Lions in a game, because the game was going nowhere if we wouldn't have stepped in and, and played the Lions, so, um, and then, you know, God showed me uh, several things on the trip, just about my, myself spiritually, personally, um, and, um, you know, we experienced a, a lot of things, um, death, I mean, it was all around us on this trip, it seemed like, um, and it was really cool, because in 2019, the last time I went, um, the church that we went to on the Sunday after the, 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 uh, marriage retreat that we did for the missionaries the last trip, um, I got to go with James DeCoker, the pastor of Oakland Heights, and uh, go to the church. Me and Jamie did the children's church with Dan Jalowicz, and uh, I got to play Goliath, of course. Um, so I got hit in the head with a rock and got my head chopped off uh, by this little Zambian kid. Um, uh <laughs> <laughs> but we we had fun and it was amazing and I learned a lot that trip and then here it is 2023 20, going back and I wound up 
going back to that same church. Didn't realize it when I got there. Uh, I was so focused on, you know, just thinking about what I'm going to be preaching. And, and um, we pull up, and the guy that is with me, my translator, Isaac, he's like, do you recognize this place? And Isaac was there in 2019, and he translated for James. Um, and Isaac's now the, the pastor of the church. Um, but when he said it, I realized, oh my goodness, this is the same place we were at. And the kid that chopped my head off in 2019 uh, is now a 17-year-old young man that... Um, that read all the scripture that I used uh, out loud for for the for my sermon. So um, that was amazing, and it was it was awesome to uh, just be at that church, knowing where I was at in 2019, and then now going there to to stand before that congregation and, and preach. Um, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, it was also my first Sunday preaching, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thank you so much, all of all of you that uh, donated um, for us to go, and uh, it was it was an amazing trip. I hope the next time, you know, maybe one of you would decide to go. Um, but thank you again, Jay. In my defense, you know that clock; you can't really see it from here. No, look, it's, it's only kind of, it's hidden. So I, I hear you. I'll try to do my best. Uh, you know, the, and, and I probably have more notes here even on things that I've learned than I really needed anyway. But <laughs> you know, when we got ready to go, we sat here and we planned and we said, you know what, these are the lessons we need to do. And that part, you know, I think I turned in my lessons on time. I may have been the only one uh, because I'm a real plan-oriented person. I'm really there to, you know, you tell me when you need something, I'll try to get it done a week early so that I don't have to worry about it. And so I did the same thing with my sermon. I had it ready, except... So we're teaching Acts, the first missionary journey. And something, as you go through that, the main thing that Paul preached was that everywhere he went, he preached one thing, and that was the gospel. And God impressed on me almost immediately. That's what you need to preach. And so I thought, that's good. And then as I continued studying, I thought, oh, this is a good thing. To, I could teach on the armor of God, the whole armor of God, right? So I thought about that for a little bit. And then I thought about being unequally yoked. That would be the perfect sermon. So I prepared a whole sermon on it. Friday night, before I had to preach, God laid it on my heart that I didn't tell you to preach that. He said, I told you to preach the gospel. So I was up at about four that next morning, rewriting everything, just throwing away what I had and writing notes on what God had told me I needed to preach. 
and and I was really blessed. I got to go to the Niawa Central Church. I preached there. That was what I preached was a gospel message. I did what God had wanted me to do. This next part gets even harder. So the first full day we were there, right after lunch, Jay told you about Todd Smith. Todd comes up to me with a strip of cloth about this long. And he hands it to me. And he said, there's a pile of boards over there. We need to make a coffin for a little girl. And this is how long she is. That's what they brought. So I go over and look at the pile. And Derek was with me, I believe. And we dug out boards. Honestly, if I lived in Huntsville and I had those boards, they'd be out by the road right now. Uh, They're termite eaten. They're scraps. They're barely suitable for anything. So we dug through them and we found some. We bring them over to where Todd has kind of got stuff set up to, to build the coffin. And fortunately, he had some gate boards that he was planning to put up a gate that he purposed because we, we, there, were, there were nowhere near enough boards to make a coffin from what we had. And I know by that time, most of the other guys had come and helped, and we cobbled together a coffin. I tell you what, I've built three coffins in my life. Two of them were for pets. I had better boards to build the ones for my pets than we did for that little girl. (laughs) It was a real important lesson, because no matter what you have, God can use it. I mean, the family was blessed. That family couldn't afford a coffin. And it wasn't much of a coffin, but it was something. But part of that, so I got sent into, there's a huge container, a Connex, a 40-foot container, full of clothing and things that have been donated. And they said, go look and see if you can find a pillow. I searched and searched through that Connex. Because <laughs> just a pillow to lay your head on. And I searched and I stopped. <laughs> and I said a prayer because I said, God, uh, I need to find the pillow, and I can't. And I just stopped. And then I opened my eyes, and I looked, and almost right in front of me was a pillow. Uh, You know, you got to learn a lot about trusting God to do the things you want him to do and following what he tells you to do when he tells you to do. Um. I, I'm really schedule-oriented. I told you that. Nothing went to schedule there. If you think you're going to Zambia to be on a schedule, forget it. It doesn't work that way. But I'm, I'm really happy I had that opportunity to go. I've been wanting to go since we went to build Bibles in 2018. So thank you, guys. You should have put me first. I didn't, wasn't expecting that. David hadn't told me about that. When Jay first mentioned about 
this mission trip and encouraging people to go. I, did, I dismissed it right away. I didn't even think about it because I, I don't feel qualified. I'm not knowledgeable enough. I'm not smart enough. I mean, you know, I don't even feel qualified to stand up here. But God can use anyone. You just have to be willing to trust him. And I'm not going to stand here in front of you and tell you that I trust God completely all the time. I know looking back on my walk with God, it's been a journey. And it's been a growing process in trusting God. Uh, even with my, uh, with Pam who discipled me, she knows what a struggle that has been to trust God. So I didn't even consider about going in. Of course, I have a huge, huge fear of flying, so that's out the window, you know. Uh, and as we, which I kept talking about, you know, encouraging us to go. And um, I don't see him today, today but a, a brother from another mother, he would say, was encouraging me to go. And I still just thought, dismissed it because I, I, can't, I can't go. I'm not qualified. I'm, I, you know, I don't know enough. Um, and then my, you know, my flesh, fighting my flesh. And, and, but God was working in me. And he's been working on me in the past couple of years as far as submission. It's been a, a hard thing for me, too. And y'all might be wondering, why you don't trust your husband? I do trust him. But submission is still very hard for me. You know, so God was working with me on that. And I think I've been growing in that area until this trip. <laughs> it's like, okay, God's really testing me here because my... My husband wanted me to go, so that took it to a whole another level. And my flesh was fighting, and God was working in me, bringing scripture to mind, answering my prayers. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to follow. So. I thought, I'll go to one of my sisters that has been, and she'll give me a, a way out. <laughs> well, doggone it. She confirmed what God was already telling me. 
Ah, oh, bless you. <sighs> so, okay. God was uh, bringing scriptures to my mind, answering my prayers. First Peter 3, 1 through 6. Just, you know, Sarah being in subjection to her husband. Okay, am I going to obey God or not? <laughs> you know? Uh, and uh, so I, I committed. I told Jay I, I was going to go. And I was in the frame of mind that I was just going to support my husband because God was definitely leading him. So... Um, I also got another confirmation about that I was to go because of the scriptures that God was using to answer my prayers. If, if he, another one was Ephesians 5.24 that God brought to mind. Why is being sub subjection to your own husband and everything? Okay, did you have to put that part in there? Because I didn't want to go to Africa. All right. Uh, so, God taught me a lot on this trip. I wanted to minister to Mandy and encourage her, but it seemed like, you know, she was ministering to me and teaching me and Justin too, by their, by what they live out every day. One of the uh, fears I, one of the things I struggled with the most was the fear of flying. And to most people, it's no big deal. My, my husband flies all the time. But to me, it was a real thing that I had to overcome by God's power. And David kept saying, you know, he gave me scripture which was good. I had to keep going over that. We did so much flying <laughs> that I think God has <laughs> helped me overcome a lot of that fear now, <laughs> whether I liked it or not. But you know, one thing I think I had to overcome that was because by not willing to fly to places it constrained me it restricted me from going wherever God leads this trip opened up the possibilities that wherever God leads David and I to go we can go and uh, I'm not going to say that I'm entirely not fearful of flying because I still s squeeze David's arm and hand when we're taking off and landing but it's not keeping me from going <laughs> and another uh, struggle I had was I physically got sick some of the time I was in a lot of pain and 
and I kind of questioned why I was there because my body wasn't cooperating with me. And I got mad and angry and but Mandy taught me in that situation too that God knew, God knew what was going to happen and he was teaching me things, which he did. She's very young, but she's very wise. And she just, her faith and trusting God every day was so awesome to see. And just her faith in action and her ministering to the ladies around her and just being obedient and what God calls all of us to do. And that was a, a, another thing I learned on this trip that, you know, God calls us all to do the same mission. It doesn't matter what country you're in, what part of the world that you're in, whether you're here. We're all called to share the gospel, to baptize and make disciples. And we're going to have different struggles you know, it's different over there in that country. They have different struggles, but it's the same mission. Uh, you know, seeing their country with so little, but it doesn't stop them from serving the Lord. It's just different problems, different struggles they face. And we have different problems here and different struggles. I wasn't expecting what David mentioned about the young girl dying. That was, that was something you just don't think about here because we have such good medical care and me medical help. But it's a different challenge they face. And uh, different challenges out where... Mandy and Justin do such hard work. It's hard work that I saw firsthand. And you don't understand what missionaries do until you see it. I mean, Josh does a good job of sharing the work with the slides of missionaries and stuff that we support, but to see it firsthand what they do, it's hard work. And it's, it was a real experience that God taught me a lot when we went out in the bush. And it was, uh, it was interesting and humbling. They are joyous. They have the joy of the Lord in them uh, with so little. But it was a challenge to talk to those people. Uh, we had good interpreters and everything, but it was still a challenge because there's so many different religions that um, come and, you know, give them false doctrine. And so that's a challenge, you know, in itself to, treat, to teach them the correct truth about the gospel, how to receive Jesus. Uh, but 
you know, they're just doing such good work in reaching those people and spreading the gospel and and uh, I pray, I pray that they truth, truthfully received the, uh, Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But they have a different challenge that I never even thought about. You know, those people are, their culture is like, they want to agree and want to say yes to whatever you're saying. They just are very agreeable people. So it's like, do you wonder, you kind of wonder, well, hopefully they really did uh, put their faith in Jesus. But we just have to keep, keep persevering and keep doing what God calls us to do no matter where we are. And uh, we're going to have struggles and obstacles. But we're not alone. God is with us, and he will provide everything that we need. And uh, one, one more thing I wanted to share. There's so many lessons that God taught, taught me. And I know as I reflect back, he'll bring to mind even more. Because there was just so much. Uh, it was neat to see Justin working and doing what we're called to do just day in and day out. He took advantage of every every opportunity to share Jesus, to share the gospel. And even when, you know, when we were at some place shopping for souvenirs, he struck up a conversation and called Colin and Jay over there. And just to see it in action where he's just that type of person, and Mandy too, taking advantage of the opportunities God gives them. And I want to be more like that. So I'm glad that I went. I'm, I'm glad um, for the encouragement of going. And I thank you for your prayers and support. And I do encourage you to go where God leads you. And you won't be sorry. <laughs> Miss Neela got a reputation in Zambia for preaching longer than me. I think you see why. No, I'm just we were doing a, we were doing one of the act sessions, and I finished. And I mean, we I think I was teaching for like an hour and a half, and we got done, and we took the break, and it was like, man, who is that talking? And it was Miss Neela in the next building, and she was still going. I think she went a buck forty-five easy, you know. So. So, uh, yeah, anyways, I got I to gotta rib at her a little bit. All right, so we, we still got time, but you guys make sure, like, three or four minutes so we can get everybody in. Okay. So this was my first mission trip to, well, first mission trip to anywhere. But um, I know for the past few months we've been preparing for this trip, for the, the pastor conference, and and they'll be able to preach on a Sunday kind of thing. So we've been, you know, getting the lessons together, prepping for all that, you know, and and I'm thinking, you know, initially I'm thinking this is, you know, I want to say this is all that, that, that God wanted me to do, but 
but little did I know that God had so much more for me when I when I got on that airplane and um, it took as I, I told Jay one night we were talking about it it was it took it took 10,000 10, miles to get me out of my head because if y'all know me for any amount of time I'm very very anxious very very much a busybody kind of thing but but to be over there in Africa with you know without all the cares in the world, the phones, the, you know, just having to worry about everything, I was able, able to actually get outside of my head and actually let God do work in my life. And and he showed me so many things just being there. I mean, he, you know, because I read my Bible here at home, but when I was reading over there, it just seemed like so much more was getting poured into me. And it was, it was almost overwhelming, quite honestly, you know, and... Um, and I know, like Brother Dave was talking about the little, you know, the little girl that passed away. Um, I was not expecting that at all. And and then when when that happened, it just it kind of floored me. Um, but to see everybody come together for for that purpose to to help help that family out. It was just, uh, just like Brother Todd said over there. It's you know it's, this is not a game. You know and. And it's a life or death situation for everybody, and and I was, you know, I was trying to help with, you know, putting the coffin together, getting the wood and everything. But I had, there was a couple of times I had to step away because I was just, you know, just trying not to ball ball my eyes out, kind of thing, you know, because because just knowing knowing as, as a little child that passed away and just made me think about my own family and how 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 little time we have to to share the gospel to people. And yeah. and and God just let me know, you know, how how real this really is. And like I said, this, this is not a game. And we need, as a whole, we we should try to do better to take it a little more seriously, you know. Um, but but again, like I was saying, God is. I mean, that's just one or two many things that He showed me on this trip, though. But. And then we had like at night times we'd have like devotionals and you know initially like the first day or two I was kind of nervous about that trying to do a devotional, um, but then God just um, God just put on my heart to go to go to Numbers you know and I went to Numbers I think Numbers nine, and it's talking about um, these two gentlemen that had missed the Passover because they had touched a dead body kind of thing so they had to go to Moses and ask him you know you know what what can we do. But but Moses, Moses said just stand st- or just stand still. Let me ask God, and then and then we'll, we'll get an answer. Um, so at, so they waited, and then they got the answer, and they said they could you know they could go t- to the next Passover. But the point I, that I got out of that was, was the whole point of like standing still. As I said before, I'm just very very always going kind of thing. But being there and being able to just to let my mind go and just stand still, God could actually speak to me so much more than He than He has me being here. And and I hope now that I'm back that I can. I'm hoping that the care, I know the cares of this world are going to try to probably try to bring me back down again. But I just got to focus and remember what I've learned when I was over there, just to just to be still and just let God do His work through me. And, um,
and then again, and after that, after I figured that out, the things, things just went so much more smoothly, and you know, and and just be able to do so many different things I never thought I could ever do. Just being in a, being in a different country for one thing, but but actually to share the gospel and preach the gospel to people I have never I have never seen before in my life. You know, and it was just just a very humbling and overwhelming experience, um, and. And I pray to I pray to be able to go back again one day, you know, just you know, whenever God calls me calls me to do it again. And and if you haven't had a chance to go, I I highly recommend doing it because what I thought God was going to show me, He showed me, He showed me that and then some. So I, I hope for the same experience for everybody else that actually is able to go. Thank you. Um, like. Like many of the people um, had already said, um, like like Cheyenne and and like Miss Neela, um, I personally uh, felt uh, very unqualified to go, um, especially when uh, when I learned that that we were going to be teaching um, and preaching to pastors um, and also preaching on Sunday. Um, for me, it was just uh, man, I just felt very unqualified, um, and and even as as we begin to prepare for that. Um, I felt even more unqualified, and uh, I think I actually made uh, the comment to maybe to Colin or, or to my wife that uh, if I would have known that, that that's what we were going to do, that I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, but man, it's just uh, being on the on the tail end of it now. Um, just man, you've got to be uncomfortable um, in order to be used by God. Um, if if you're just stuck in in the same rut in the same day in and day out, um, and man, it's it's really hard for for God to get a hold of you and uh, just to use you. Um, and so that's what man, that's what happened for me. Um, just preparing all the preparation of uh, just um, not only the lessons that we were teaching and uh, preaching, and then also just uh, preparing to preach on Sunday. Um, man, it's if if God purposes uh, you to go, then He's going to take care of you um, as, as long as you're faithful. And uh, I think that was kind of the, the big takeaway for me. Um, it's just, man, just you got to be uncomfortable um, and that uh, God's going to take care of you. And that, uh, man, it's just awesome. Um, it's awesome seeing, going through that and just seeing uh, how he, he worked in my life and also just uh, everyone up here. Um, I, we had a really good team, um, and it was just uh, it was encouraging to see all the everyone um, deal with all the challenges and uh, just work together and uh, just rely on God and uh, just let him take care of us. So. Um, so I too uh, feel very unqualified to go on this trip. Um, I had a lot of mom guilt before I left um, to leave my kids home. <laughs> I'd be gone for two weeks. Um, but as it got closer, um, God calmed those fears and those anxieties. Um, I, um, went there and as I was preparing here and I went there, I kept thinking, what do I have to say living here? How do I, um, how do I have anything to say to those ladies that is going to be relatable to them? Um, my way of life and the things that I do here are way different than what they have, or so I thought. Um, but someone told me, um, 
that the Word of God can speak to anyone. And, um, and it did. Uh, I got there and I did the lesson that I had prepared and um, I saw that we all face the same challenges as wives, as mothers. Um, the, the challenges are the same. Um, and so God showed me that just to, um, just to believe in his word and um, that it can break through cultural boundaries and, and speech, you know, language boundaries, um, and, and he can use that um, just to glorify him. Um, obviously, you can hear by my voice that I don't like really to get in front of people and speak. Uh, it makes me very nervous, and um, so he did, um, and I have, I'm just a very shy person, so even here, I have trouble um, relaxing and just sharing the gospel with people. I'm always worried about, you know, how they're going to react and things like that, but um, God showed me there, just be bold. Don't worry about how they're going to react. If I'm being faithful and I'm doing what he's called me to do, that's what matters. Um, it doesn't matter how they react, but I'm doing what I'm called to do. And um, I just have to be bold and do that no matter what. Um, we, I felt very prepared for the lessons that I, have, that I had um, for the women's the pastor's wife, so I feel very prepared. I'd had months to prepare for those. But we also went to the school um, out in the bush. And um, we had a plan, kind of, um, but we kind of winged it a little bit. We weren't sure if all the kids were going to be together, if they were going to be separated and things like that. When we got there, um, they were all together. Um, but that made me extremely anxious uh, and nervous. Um, but God just showed me that if I just surrender to him, that he will use the Holy Spirit, um, and he will get the message to them that needs to be there, and that he has for them, um, but I just have to be willing to, you know, set all of that myself aside, die to myself, like Josh was saying, um, and just let God use me um, to get the message that he wants to those kids, and I think it turned out very well. Um, we had a great time at the school. This was our very first mission trip, so I had um, a lot of things that I had thought it might be like, but it was really, I mean, some of those things were true, um, but the mission field was much different than I thought it was going to be. Um, you think you know from mission minutes or, you know, seeing online the things that they do and the things that they go through, but I had really no idea um, of what it truly looks like uh, until I got there and saw it. Um, and uh, to see Mandy and Justin, um, Mandy discipled me many years ago now. Um, she already felt the call. She had a heart for missions way back then, um, but she wasn't married. She wasn't even dating Justin. Um, but to see how God has um, brought all of that together, brought them together, um, and that they both had the heart for mission, that he had called Justin to missions, and just to see how he is using them there was truly an amazing experience um, to their faithfulness and just to be willing to go wherever he called them to go. Um, it was truly a blessing to be able to go. Thank you guys for all your prayers um, and your support. I'm thankful for this team. I feel like we've grown much closer this week, and it's amazing to see what God has done in all their lives. Thank you.
Uh, Y'all look very scared because I got the mic and and I know what time it is. I promise to be brief. Just six or seven hours and this will be all over. Um, I was was the bus driver that that ran Tammy over uh, the whole time. So I was the guy that was like, yeah, we prepared this. And they're like, hey, you should change, like do a hard 90. And I'm like, yeah, we'll roll with it. So I get up there. And then it was kind of like this, and all of a sudden I'd be like, and, and Tammy's going to take it next. And, and I could watch her eyes go, she was like, oh. And, and you could tell she walked up there, and she's, man, she started to open her mouth, and all of a sudden, bam. It was like the spirit led, and she was off like a rocket, and she was like just preaching and ministering to these kids, and it was exciting to watch. So inside in that story, I was the guy that made her feel probably super uncomfortable, and I feel bad that I don't feel bad. How about that? So um, for me, uh, a quick, quick kind of, my brevity should not tell you that, that God didn't move my life. There's so much that I could go on. But I will say uh, a couple of things. God started in my devotion. I started in the book of John. And one word kept kind of popping out over and over. It was seek. And man, as, as God said the tone on that trip through my personal devotion, he kind of just showed me, I'm going to need you to seek more than what's at surface value. So this whole trip started with, man, you saw the, the, the mountaintops and you saw the valleys. Mountaintops and the fact that we could go there and preach the gospel and we could be used of God. Each one of the, the awesome team did an awesome job just ministering to us, but ministering to the people at well. At, and like they ministered to the team as well is what I meant. But the, the valley would hit with the, the death of, of the little girl that was six or seven years old. And you kind of heard about that. There's another death to to Samuel's grandpa that he was devastated over, so we got to mourn with him. So death isn't so convenient out there that you're not attached to it. Here, there's people that handle all that stuff, so we really don't get intimate with that, that part of death. But there, you have to handle the body. You have to put it in the ground. It's not just someone you can call. So that was a a valley. And then the next thing we know, we're we're at, at a school, and there's tons of kids everywhere, like just everywhere. And they're all staring at you like, entertain me and teach me things. And, and we got to use, uh, man, whatever was around us to, to preach the gospel. We started using creation and all crazy things. But that, like, like Tammy said, it was, this was the important thing. Man, we weren't at all, like we had something prepared, but you had to be led of the Spirit of God. It had to come from your personal devotion out of your heart into the, the minds and ears of these kids so it really, man, as much as I love to prepare, like to be ready for things, it was really just a, a testament to God's grace that, man, even though you can prepare, you still got to rely on him to preach it. So uh, that was definitely one of, the, one of the things for me is just being, again, being led of the spirit enough to, to let God use me. And just because I've been on mission trips, maybe there's an era like that I was somehow comfortable or because I did get a chance to teach and preach that somehow I was qualified. I felt exactly what you felt, you felt, everybody here felt, and it was really, really tough. Man, I remember going into Acts and just, God, why me? Like, I am an idiot, and I'm going to mess this up. And I had to come face-to-face with the reality that I couldn't do it in my flesh, and it was the, the call of God that I had to be comfortable with here. And I knew that if God called me here, he was faithful, like Mikhail said, to, to extend that all the way and use me in Africa. So, um, again, that was just a couple things. Uh, the other kind of awesome thing I'll say, I know Justin and Mandy watch, they did an awesome job hosting us. 
They, they, like the food, I know y'all are super curious, like what kind of brains did you eat? We didn't eat anything weird. It was like delicious food here. And uh, they just did an awesome job just hospitality-wise. Uh, the encouragement that we got from them, but also that, that I think we could give to them, just being there, getting to talk to them, getting to fellowship, it was, uh, it was an awesome trip. So, uh, man, again, we could probably share for another whole hour, but uh, I'll kind of leave it at that, okay? Thank you all. All right, yeah, you guys can. Uh... So... Uh, man, words words can't give you the full story, truthfully. Um, the pictures, man, you can see the pictures. You can't smell the smell. You can't see the things necessarily. You can't understand. Um, you can't understand until you go. I think some of the people even said, hey, we hear mission minutes every week. We hear We hear the stories of what these missionaries are doing. We see bits and pieces of what they're doing, you don't know. You just don't know. And so, and so it's important for you to go. And when you go, man, God changes your heart. God does something in your life that He can't do here. It's not that God can't use you here and doesn't want to use you here, but God has a heart for the world. And the only way you're going to get a heart for the world is if you go see it and experience it and understand that the same God that is here is the same God in Zambia, and that people are the same. You say, man, their, their color is different, their culture is different. People are the same. They have the same struggles, they have the same sin, they have the same religion. As a matter of fact, we, we were commenting in our group about just, man, we were kind of in shock at how much religion is present in Zambia, Africa. Colin made the statement, oh, Zambia's not, Zambia is not unreached. It has been reached. Unfortunately, it's been reached with false doctrine. And so, and so we were just blown away. And, and everybody that we talked to, man, there were people that worshipped the water god. There were people that believed in baptismal regeneration. There were cults and false gospels being preached, just like here. Well, what do you do in that situation? Man, you open your Bible and preach the Word of God. That's what you do. And I know it's 1123, but i got a seven-minute sermon that I'm about to give you. Because I want to just share with you the importance of, of what, what we learned on this trip, what I learned on this trip, 2 Samuel chapter 7, very quickly. I want to just show you that, man, it matters, it matters what we do with what we've been given. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, there's a great famine in the city of Samaria. The, the Syrians have besieged the city. The king of Israel is, is uh, you know, lamenting the fact that his city is being destroyed. It's being choked out with a, with a uh, besiege. The, the, Samaria, or the Syrians have surrounded the city. There's no supplies of food getting in or out. As a matter of fact, in 2 Kings chapter 6, God tells you how bad this famine is. He says, the famine is so bad that an ass's head is sold for four score pieces of silver. Eighty pieces of silver to get enough meat off a donkey's head to eat. And by the way, I don't know if you eat donkey. There ain't a whole lot of meat on the head. And it's going for 80 pieces of silver. And then it even tells you that a, a, a fourth part of a cab of dove's dung 
I was going for five pieces of silver. That's why I put the picture of the pigeons up there, by the way. Todd and Kim had pigeons, and, and underneath a little pigeon shelter, well, it was pigeon dung. And as I'm there, and I'm reading through this passage this past week, and, and seeing what I'm seeing, and in the Word of God, and then walking on the facility, and I see these pigeons, man, and just the droppings, droppings, droppings. Can you imagine going and scraping that together and having to eat that? And not only, and not only having the privilege of eating that, having to pay money to eat that because the famine is so bad. You know, the Bible tells us that, that these physical famines that we see in the Bible also are symbolic or representative of the spiritual famine that exists in this world. Just like a physical famine, people will eat anything to survive. And in a spiritual famine, people will eat anything to survive. And that includes false doctrine, false gospels, false signs, false miracles, false worship. Because people are hurting. The book of Amos tells us there will be a famine in the land, but it won't just be a famine of bread, it will actually be a famine of hearing God's word. And so in Zambia, Africa, it's no different than in the United States of America. People are hungry, and they don't know where to find provision. As a matter of fact, when you go into 2 Kings chapter 6, this depraved condition only gets worse. Because in the, in the, in the last few verses of chapter 6, it tells you that women are boiling their children and eating them. As a matter of fact, two women say, hey... Uh, today we're going to boil your son and eat him, and tomorrow, tomorrow we'll boil my son. And so they do that on the first day, and then on the second day, the second woman withholds her child. You see, the depravity of a society or a culture can be determined by how it treats its children. And if you think this country is so cultured that we don't have a problem of depravity because of sin, you would be mistaken. You see, in this culture, we abort our children, we abuse our children, and we target our children. We consume them because of the wickedness of sin. And so what happens in this story, man, this, this depraved condition has overtaken this city. There are four, man, four men in 2 Kings chapter 7 that are lepers. And if you know anything about the Bible, leprosy is a picture, it's a type of sin, it's a, it's a disease of the flesh, it manifests itself in sores and, and whiteness on the skin, it's like a plaque that covers the human body, it's a, it's, a, it's a disease that is in the flesh, and when seen by the priest, is pronounced unclean. And, and, and the consequence of leprosy is that you get disassociated from the rest of the people. As a matter of fact, if you read the book of Leviticus, you would see that anyone with leprosy was to be outside the camp. And so in this depraved condition in 2 Kings chapter 7, in this depravity of the human mind and human decision, these four men don't know what to do. And so they, they realize that they're dead. In this famine, we're dead. We, we don't have any way of surviving. If we stay where we are, 2 Kings chapter 3 it says, why sit we here till we die? Verse 4 says, if we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. Let's just go to the enemy. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. You know, these four lepers men represent every one of us as a sinner 
before a holy God. We, we in our sin, have broken God's law, and because of that, there's judgment upon us for that sin. And yet, these men understand, hey, we, we're going to die either way, so we might as well try something. We can go to the city, but the, 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 the famine is there. We could stay here, we, we could die here. If we go to the Syrians, maybe they'll have mercy on us. In all of their reasoning, they forgot one important person in their planning. They forgot God. They, they were trying to reason to, to fix their problem with their own wisdom and reasoning, and they left God out of the picture. But man, God's a gracious God. God's a good God. As a matter of fact, God tells us later in that passage that God did something that no one would have thought he could do. Verse 6 in 2 Kings 7 says, The Lord made the host of Syrians hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses and the noise of a great host. And they, the enemy of Israel, said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and they fled in the twilight. They left. And so these lepers go to the Syrian camp thinking, man, the enemy's there and maybe they'll have mercy. But at worst, they're just going to kill us. And we're already dead men. And so they go to the enemy, and man, when they get to the enemy camp, the Bible says in verse 8 that they find food to eat and water to drink, and they find silver and gold and raiment. And man, if that's not a picture of salvation, I don't know what is. I don't know what is because, man, in the midst of famine, God is giving provision for these people that are starving to feast and so the Bible says that, man, they went into that camp and they experienced everything that God had provided for them because it was what God gave them freely. They didn't have to earn it. They couldn't work for it. God provided the miracle. The Bible says that when they ate and they drank and they took the gold and the silver and the raiment, the Bible says they went and hid it. And they came again to the camp of the Syrians and they entered into another tent and they loaded up again, man. They ate and they drank they got the silver, and they got the gold, and, and they got the raiment. By the way, if you're a leper and you're unclean, anything that you've ever put on is unclean because your unclean flesh has touched it. And yet they get new clothing, and they get riches, and they get provision. Well, it sounds like what we get in Christ. It, it sounds like the forgiveness that we have in Christ. It sounds like the sustenance that we have in Christ. It sounds like the new raiment, the righteousness of Christ that we get to put on because of a a right relationship with him. And so these four lepers, man, they, they stumble upon something that they couldn't give themselves. So, so I think everybody in this room knows, man, that, that's a great picture of salvation. It's a great picture of God's provision in the midst of a famine. And man, thank God for that, because I'm thankful that God has given me what I've needed that I couldn't provide for myself. But listen, and I think we understand that, but man, God expects us to do something with that. And that's verse 9, because, because it's one thing for a leper to say, man, thank God for God's grace and mercy in my life. Thank God for his provision in this famine. Thank God for his clothing and his riches. But man, they're taking that stuff and they're hiding it for themselves. See, there's a lot of Christians that do that. See, God gave them forgiveness. God's given us provision in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. He is our righteousness. And then we've received it. And many times we hide it. 
Can I tell you in verse 9, what these lepers say is is many times what we say, and and we should get to this place in verse 9 that we have this reasoning. They said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning, to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, for, now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. You know, you know, four lepers decided it's not just good enough that we get what God gave us. Four lepers said, actually, the fact that we're partaking of this and not sharing it with other people, we do not well. And there's a narrow window of time that they had to operate because they said, man, we have to go tonight and tell the king's house. Because if the sun comes up, there's going to be mischief for us. There's a narrow window of time that we have to share this good news. And so they, they go back to the city, and they tell the porter at the city, the guy holding the gate, hey, bro, uh, just so you know, there's a feast right out here in the camp of the Syrians. There's everything that you could ever imagine and more right out here You should get the people to come and partake of this. Well, that's what we're called to do. Man, we're we're called to take Christ, the bread of life, the water, the living water. We're called to take the provision that we found in Him and give it to the people that are dying. Man, that are in famine, that have no hope, that are filling their lives with anything they can consume in hopes of extinguishing the spiritual hunger hunger that they have. Man, people are hungry. And people will eat anything to survive. They'll eat religion. They'll eat false gospels. They'll eat witchcraft and demonology and worship the water of God because they know that they have an appetite within that can't be satisfied. They won't be satisfied with any of those things. It'll be satisfied in the person of Jesus Christ. And man, I'm telling us as a church, we are nothing but just lepers that have found grace. That's all we are. You heard this team say, man, I'm not qualified. You're right, none of us are. We're just a bunch of lepers. And by God's grace, we stumbled upon God's provision. Maybe somebody led us to that and showed us that. But man, if we don't do something with that, Individually and corporately, it will be said of us, we do not well. We do not well. There's people that you know that need the gospel. How are they going to get it if you don't tell them? And there's people in this city that need the gospel. How are they going to get it if we don't tell them? There's people in Zambia, Africa that still need the gospel. That's a big place, by the way. There's a lot of people. How are they going to hear if just some lepers don't go tell them where they can find it. And man, I, I don't even have the time because we're over. But man, God showed me a lot on this trip. One of the things he showed me is, man, we have to be about the business. Todd Smith said over and over and over again, this is not a game. It's in the game. It's life and death. And then eternity. And for some of the people in this room... We may still think it's a game, but it's as real as life and death. I think that 
that incident with the, the young girl that died and, and, man, that whole afternoon, building a coffin for her, going to the village, putting her body in that coffin, seeing people weep as though they had no hope, and yet knowing, man, there's a God that's greater than that grave. And God let our team see that, see that for a reason. Because there's people that need to know Christ. Man, we got to get it to them. we got to take it to them. And so, man, I, I just want to encourage you. We'll, we'll probably share a little more on Wednesday night, on Bible study night. I, I, I want to invite you to come. And I know some of the team will be here. Maybe we'll work that on a Wednesday night, man. Let's be about the business. Uh, man, we're, we're a blessed church because we have people that are mature enough to go. But the need is great. And so let's be about the business, man. Let's be about the business. Let me pray for us and we'll dismiss. Father, we love you. God, thank you for this team and thank you for what you've done and thank you for Christ. And, and Lord, thank you for protecting us uh, in this trip and, and thank you for the prayers of our home church and, and locking shields together as we go and minister on your behalf. And Lord, what I pray is, Lord, that we're, we're never the same because of what we've seen and experienced and heard. God, that the boldness that you gave us in that place would continue to be real in this place. God, it's the same spirit, it's the same word. God, it's the same ministry. Like Ms. Neela said, man, it, it, it is taking the gospel to the people need it, needing it and making disciples and planting churches. That's what it is. So we have to be intentional. So Lord, thank you for your goodness and your protection and your provision. Help us to do well. Help us not to hide what you've given us but help us to share it with those in need. God, we love you. Thank you for your goodness, and we ask it all in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Let me encourage.